0: My friend, I am such a big believer that your mindset is everything. It can really dictate if your life has meaning, has value, and you feel fulfilled, or if you feel exhausted, drained, and like you're never going to be enough. Our brand new book, The Greatest Mindset, just hit the New York Times bestseller, back-to-back weeks. And I'm so excited to hear from so many of you who've bought the book, who've read it, and finished it already, and are getting incredible results from the lessons in the book. If you haven't got a copy yet, you'll learn how to build a plan for greatness through powerful exercises and toolkits designed to propel your life forward. This is the book I wish I had when I was 20, struggling, trying to figure out life, 10 years ago at 30, trying to figure out transitions in my life, and the book I'm glad I have today for myself. Make sure to get a copy at lewishouse.com 2023mindset to get your copy today. Again, lewishouse.com 2023mindset to get a copy today also the book is on audible now so you can get it on
1: audiobook as well and don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode if our thoughts could make us sick is it possible that my thoughts could make me well well if that's the case then then i'm gonna have to manage my attention and i'm gonna have to manage my energy because where i place my attention is where i place my energy and i'm gonna have to inhibit that thought
0: Welcome back, everyone at the School of Greatness. Very excited about our guest. We have the inspiring Dr. Joe Dispenza in the house. So good to see you again. Happy to see you, Lewis, very, as always. Very excited. Um, I want to start with one of your quotes because I think this is going to be very pro- profound for a lot of people who have watched your content before, but also people who have never heard about you, which I feel like would be hard uh, to see people who have never heard about you, at least on my channel. This is a quote of yours. Just as thoughts are... The language of the brain feelings are the language of the body and how you think and how you feel create a state of being A state of being is when your mind and body are working together So your present state of being is your genuine mind body connection I love this quote and I see you talking about this a lot. I hear it in your meditations This is in one of your books as well And the thing that I want people to focus on today a lot of people are feeling sick they're feeling stressed, they're feeling overwhelmed, and their, their bodies and their minds are literally getting sicker and sicker. Specifically here in America, obesity is increasing, and it just feels like more and more people are on medications and are needing things to try to help them feel better in the moment, but I don't believe it's helping them get to the root of their pain and their sickness, and I don't think it's gonna help them extend their lifespan and also be healthier later in life. Yeah. I went to your event last year and was blown away in what I witnessed in seven days of doing intensive, conscious meditations that you were leading and witnessing the healings that were happening within seven days of people who were unable to stand up straight and feeling pain throughout their entire body. People who were in wheelchairs, who were able to have the strength to get out of them. People who were struggling seeing clearly and were blurry eyes that could now see clearer and so many other incredible what people might think miracles happening after seven days of following your practice and the practice that you've been applying to yourself for a long time. And so, I wanted to start with this context because I feel like people are sick and they want to heal. But why do you think so many people struggle to feeling whole and healing when there, there seems to be the answer to how to do it, but people continue to struggle with their health? Why do you think that is? Hmm.
1: Um, well, there's a, a lot of things to unpack there. We have three types of stress that we... We process in the physical body. We have physical stress that's like trauma, accidents, injuries, falls, uh, and then you have chemical stress like toxins or pesticides or pollutants or viruses or bacteria or hangovers or uh, nutritional deficiencies, and and then you have emotional stress, right? And emotional stress can be. Family tragedies, car accidents, uh, second mortgages, single parenting, 401ks, you know, whatever that is. Uh, But each one of those things, physical, chemical, or emotional, uh, knock the body out of homeostasis, out of regulation, out of balance. The innate capacity of the body when it's not overstressed is that it wants to always return back and regulate. It wants to return back to homeostasis. It wants to return back to order. And that's kind of innate in us. That's an automatic process that's running through the autonomic nervous system. So we could say the job of the autonomic nervous system is to create balance and regulation and homeostasis and it's automatic, right? And that part of the brain sits under the thinking neocortex and it's called the chemical brain or the emotional brain or the limbic brain or the mammalian brain. And it has all of those functions that make blood sugar balanced, hormone levels, Digestive enzymes, it's it's, it's its doing what it can to take the body and constantly repair it and regenerate it and move it back into balance. All of those stressors knock the brain and body out of balance and the innate mechanism, the stress response, brings it back to balance. Well, it just makes sense. If you keep knocking it out of balance over and over again uh, and you keep moving it out of homeostasis, that imbalance is going to become the new balance And now you're headed for disease because that autonomic, automatic system can't regulate order in the body. So a system then is compromised. The system breaks down. And so if it's um, physical trauma, you know, your body can heal if you rest it. If it's chemical imbalance, you take your uh, pharmaceuticals or you take your nutraceuticals, your vitamins, your minerals, your herbs... You intermittent fast, you, you, you eat a vegan diet, you do anything you can to get the body back so that it's using more energy for growth and repair. So for some people, digestion consumes more energy than act, the process makes, right? So really? they're in a state of constant um, diminishing returns, right? So uh, when, the, when the autonomic nervous system is out of balance and the digestive system is perceiving that there's a threat and danger all the time, in the outer world, the person's living in fear. It's not a time to digest, right? So that system was compromised, right? So, so then, so then they'd become very sensitized to the foods they consume because the response constantly from the environment is weakening the organism, right? So they're victim to the environment. So they're more susceptible to have food allergies or whatever it is. So then the person then goes to a diet where they consume l- uh, less foods that require more energy to break down. So, it's like taking a, a camel in the desert that's fallen and lifting all the packs off it, getting it back up and then slowly adding the packs back on, right? So, so people do things to get the body back into chemical balance and sometimes the, the re- refining or changing their diet in some way and there's, you know, thousands of options for that you got to feel good about it and you got to believe in it. Um, but the big factor is emotional stress. And yes. really, for the most part, 75 to 90% of every person that walks into a healthcare facility in the Western world walks in because of psychological or emotional stress. That's really? Pretty much four out of five people. What's really causing their health condition is that they're emotionally stressed and emotionally out of balance. Okay, so what are the emotions that are connected to the stress hormones? It's anger, it's hatred, it's violence, it's frustration, it's competition, it's control. It's judgment. It's envy. It's jealousy. It's insecurity. It's fear. It's anxiety. It's worry. It's angst. It's uh, hopelessness. It's powerlessness. It's guilt. It's shame. It's unworthiness. You know, uh, And psychology calls these normal human states of consciousness. These are altered states of consciousness. So our response to someone or something in, in our environment, or our response to our own thought, an image of what could happen in the future, a memory of the past, could actually cause... Chemicals to be secreted from the brain—it's crazy—that causes the body to actually believe it's living in that same environment of fear or danger, right? So, so what am I hearing you
0: say there? Just so I'm correct, we can think a thought of our past memory, whether it's true or not, what happened, and a we memory, can, exactly, a memory of something that we think happened. It may have happened. It may have been something that we continue to make up that happened, right? A memory. Fifty percent of that is a lie, so yeah, more than likely. Fifty percent of our memories are lies. Yeah, right? they're not the truth. Yeah. Right, right. Or they're they're expanded into something else, right? They're embellished. They're embellished. So, we can think of a memory, a painful memory, and we can hold on to that thought. Or we can think about something we're worried about in the future that hasn't happened, we can may pick never happen. A, we could
1: pick some worst case scenario and obsess about it. And we can obsess about it. And just the
0: thought alone could create an emotion that could make us sick. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, because... That thought, when you're seeing that thought in your mind or remembering that image, it's the image and the emotion, it's the thought and the feeling, it's the stimulus and response that's immediately conditioning the body into that state of imbalance. So it's a scientific fact that the long-term effects of the hormones of stress push the genetic buttons and create disease. If you can turn on that stress response just by thought alone, your thoughts are literally going to make you sick. Okay. crazy. So that's the greatest example of the mind-body connection. So the next fundamental question is, okay, if our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible that my thoughts could make me well? Well, if that's the case, then, then I'm going to have to manage my attention and I'm going to have to manage my energy because where I place my attention is where I place my energy. And I'm going to have to inhibit that thought that has conditioned the body to subconsciously be the mind mm. of that emotion. Mm. And the body's so objective that it does not know the difference between the real life experience that's creating that emotion and the emotion that person is fabricating by thought alone. To the body, it's exactly the same. So the body's believing it's being chased by a predator. The body's believing it's in an, an offensive situation where it has to attack. The body's believing it's constantly needing to be ready, and it's, it's constantly out of homeostasis. It's constantly uh-huh. out of balance. It's in emergency. It's in fight or flight. It's a different system in the autonomic nervous system where you're stepping on the gas, where you're, you're mobilizing enormous amounts of energy for some threat, some danger, real or imagined. But that thought and that feeling, the image, the emotion, the stimulus response is conditioning the body to automatically be the mind of that emotion. Mm. So then now the body becomes conditioned and addicted. Now, this gets to be a problem because people get addicted to their own thoughts. Mm-hmm. It and becomes they, their personality, right? It is their identity. And they become addicted to the life they don't even like because the response to the co worker, to the boss, to the ex, is actually giving them a rush of energy, a rush of adrenaline. and they're, they're associating that rush of energy with some problem or condition in their life. And now come time to change and manage your attention and manage your emotion, it's no different than breaking addiction to anything. Mm-hmm. There's cravings mm. uh, the and <laughs> the body wants to return back to how it's been conditioned into the familiar past, into the known.
0: Even if it's uncomfortable, painful, and a horrific feeling, we, why do we go back into that feeling?
1: Because we don't believe there's anything in the future. Uh. If we knew that the best way to create a future really is to change your state of being, then, then you would have to manage your attention on that thought and have to say, is this thought actually the truth? And how long am I going to keep thinking this thought and firing and wiring that circuit in the brain? So, there's biology because now it's an automatic program. It's a belief. Wow. A belief is just a thought you keep thinking over and over again until it becomes subconscious or unconscious. So to change then is become so conscious of that unconscious thought, that unconscious belief that it wouldn't slip by your awareness, unnoticed and checked, and now the body's in rehab because mm. it's overdosed and mm-hmm. it's, it's been on a bad trip. And the body which has been conditioned to be the mind is 95% of who we are, right, by the time mm-hmm. we're in the middle of our life. So there's David and Goliath, and the body's just saying, look. You think you've been making all your decisions your whole life. Actually, you haven't. The body has been making these decisions because it's the mind. So then the body says, okay, Lewis, this is really good that you want to be kind and compassionate.
0: <laughs> well, that's not how you've been that, for 30, so, 40 so years. the body yeah. says,
1: let me just send some thoughts or some memories of the past mm. that are going to just cause you to feel that emotion. So... The body starts saying to the mind, you can, it's too hard, you'll never change, this is too uncomfortable, I don't like this, go back to make the same choice, do the same thing, create the same experience, feel the same emotion, so that you can return back to the known, and that's how people seamlessly return back to that same identity. So, back to the concept of health. Uh, Physical balance, okay, let's talk about that. What do you want to do? Uh, Intermittent... uh, 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 Interval training, you want to do yoga, you want to do um, Pilates, uh, you want to do uh, sprinting, you want to do running, you want to do weights, whatever it is, get your body more physically balanced and physical balance has to do with uh, strength, flexibility, and endurance. Mm -hmm. And get those three in balance, right? So uh, you want to do acupuncture, chiropractic, massage, uh, whatever it is that you want to treat your body to, to honor it in that way. Get it back into physical balance. And there's no doubt in any, in any one of these areas, you're going to have to stretch yourself outside of what you think you can do, because that's the only way you're going to change. Yes. So just when you think you've had enough, then go a little bit more. Stretch yourself out that way without hurting yourself, but do it with intention. Do it with assigning meaning to why you're doing that activity. Get the greatest value out of it. Works better when you do. Yes. Don't resist and get into it. Face off with whatever it is, the pain, the limitation, whatever, and just mark your progress and have it be something that you mindfully want to improve on. Do that and your body will get stronger, get more flexible, and have more endurance. Okay? So, um, Take care of your body chemically. You know, mm-hmm. get a blood test. Yes. I don't know. Do right. do do whatever right. you need to do right. to get it chemically back in the balance. If you're if you're having these symptoms, uh, then you're gonna have to maybe start eliminating certain things and making different choices. Does that mean that stuff is bad. No, it means you're out of balance and it's bad for you. Mm. And don't make it a thing like you have to do it forever just understand why you're doing it. So take your nutrients and your vitamins and your minerals and understand why you're taking those things and do that with the intention. Right. Put the meaning behind it, you'll get a greater outcome.
0: But it sounds like if you take care of the physical and you take care of the chemical, you still might feel or be sick if you don't take care of the That's
1: emotional. That's exactly where I'm going. <laughs> So get those so two in order, do, but you yep. can do all the right things That's and still exactly, feel stressed exactly. and
0: still feel sick no, and still listen. feel like my brain and my body is not working and I feel exhausted and I right. feel drained, right? Right,
1: because your response to the environment and response to the, your own thoughts is weakening the organism. You're, you're squandering energy. Okay, so do all do all the physical things, yes. do all the chemical things, but be controlling, rigid, judgmental, self-judgmental. You know, get really overfocused on your food and get really overfocused uh-huh. on everything, but you're controlling everything in your life and you're living in fear. None of this is going to make much of a difference until you get your body back into homeostasis and balance emotionally. Right? So so why? Because the moment you return back to this same emotion, your body's so objective, it's believing it's living in the same past experience. Mm. And you will behave as if you're in the past. And you will think as if you're in the past and you're literally living your life from the past. Oh. And that's the way it is. And so it takes crisis, it takes trauma, it takes disease, diagnosis, loss, betrayal. So for people to finally go, I've had enough, right? Why wait, you know? So you do the organic diet, you do right, the right. intermittent fasting, you do the vegan, you do the gluten-free, you do the keto, you, t- you do your Supplements exercise. Supplements, everything. But yeah. You're just controlling and rigid. You are going to take the signal to your cell which is fear and make organic fear proteins (laughs) that's what you're gonna make and i have no listen i take care of my body i exercise i eat well i make great choices but i know that if this component then and we have case histories of people that have healed themselves of als of lupus um of cancer uh that completely reverse parkinson's complete reversal of their health condition one person in one hour got bad news in one hour all of her symptoms came back Mm. she went right back to the same emotion signaled the same gene if the environment signals the gene according to epigenetics and the end product of an experience in the environment is an emotion then it makes sense then as long as you feel that emotion you're signaling the same gene and your body's believing it's living in the same environment seamlessly you'll return back to the same health condition because you'll upregulate the genes and downregulate genes and you'll move your body back out of balance and and as i said seamlessly the condition in one hour came back she couldn't get out of her car she said if i did it once i could do it again she just reversed the process and it's the second time she was able to do it again she learned that nobody or nothing is worth it justified or not, it's not the only person we're hurting is ourselves okay so Self-regulation, getting your autonomic nervous system back into balance and homeostasis is going to require then breaking the addiction to those emotions and those emotions that are driving certain behaviors and thoughts that cause a person in an instant to say I want to be healthy, I want to live for a long period of time and then they go back to making the same choice because they return to the same emotion and now they're back in the past. And, and It's like you're fighting against what you really want, what you say you want, right. by living in this because past you've emotion. Because you got 95% programmed, working against 5% of your conscious mind that's saying, uh, okay, have the intention, <laughs> and you could say, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm mortal, Ab- whatever. Abundant. Yeah, yeah, yeah and things. your body's saying, dude, you're miserable. <laughs> right. Dude, that thought never makes it past the brainstem to the mm. body, because that's not consistent with the emotion of the body, because we only accept believe and surrender to the thoughts equal to our emotional state. We never accept and believe or surrender to any thoughts that are not equal to our emotional wow. state. So wow.
0: Can you say that one more time so people can fully understand that?
1: We only accept, believe and surrender to the thoughts that are equal to our emotional state. We'll never accept, believe and surrender any thoughts that are not equal to your emotional state. So you could say I'm abundant, I'm eternal, I'll live forever, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy. And if your program, your body, into that emotional state, it's going to say you, you're not that. It doesn't you're believe miserable. it. It doesn't believe it, it. It only accepts the thoughts of suffering and misery because it's equal to that emotional state. <laughs> <laughs> so then here's the fundamental question. Okay, take a person whose identity is resentment. Yes. And their identity is anger and, and frustration and betrayal. Uh-huh. And you ask them, why are you this way? And they'll say, I'm this way because of this event that happened to me 15 years ago stronger the emotion we feel from some event the more altered we feel inside of us the more that chemical continuity is disrupted from something that surprises us that alters our state the more the brain freezes a frame and takes a snapshot that's called a memory right but the problem is that we think about that event over and over again after it happens we're producing the same chemistry in the brain and body as if the event was occurring and so the body is conditioned literally into the past
0: place to start. And it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So,
1: so we're so living think, in the past. So yes. a person says, so you say the person's resentful about everything. They're seeing their life through the lens of resentment and frustration and anger and everything's upsetting them. Well, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy you say okay now it's an addiction you got to change that and the person goes oh okay that makes sense and now now that you got to get out of bleachers on the playing field and say okay these emotions could literally have something to do with my health just saying if i stop feeling these emotions what if i start feeling these emotions okay what would be the emotions that would make me happy these emotions are making me feel really bad the memories are making me feel really bad can i remember a future how would i feel if my future could happen i got to trade those emotions for different emotions well if i've been practicing feeling these emotions and i've conditioned my body to be the mind it's going to take some time for me to start making different chemistry with the intention of making that chemistry getting my body back into homeostasis and balance Work on my breath. When I breathe, I change my state. Practice breathing. Work with your body so it can start to relax. So that it feels safe enough to feel something other than that again. And if it takes you three weeks, it would be worth it. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So then person then starts, okay, I don't really know how to feel gratitude. Okay, well, maybe start calling out and giving and give to people. I promise you, start giving, start feeling grateful. And then start practicing feeling gratitude. Teach your body. Just for 15 minutes a day, what it would like to feel, gra- feel gratitude, what it would be like and our data shows that you take someone to do that for four days, three times a day, they make a immunoglobulin called immunoglobulin A it's your body's natural flu shot it's the greatest immune, immune uh, chemical we have 50 percent increase in, in the subjects we studied in four days immunoglobulin A up 50 percent in four days where is that chemistry coming from? They're not taking anything. It's coming from within them, right?
0: No supplements, no injections, no topicals. No, no,
1: no. Just their body's, their autonomic nervous system is manufacturing a pharmacy of chemicals that's causing an immunity to the body. Wow. Right? So now, a person practices feeling gratitude, okay? What is the emotional signature of gratitude? When you receive something or you just receive something, when something wonderful happened to you, or something wonderful is happening to you, you feel grateful. Yes. So, the emotional signature of gratitude is something just wonderful happened, or right. something, something it's is joyful. happening to you. Yeah, but it, you're in a state of yes. receivership. Yes. You've just received something, right? So, the emotional signature of gratitude is received, right? So, now, if you're in a state of gratitude, it makes total sense, then you will accept, believe, and surrender the thoughts that are equal to that emotional state and you could actually program your autonomic nervous system to make the pharmacy of chemicals that causes growth and repair to happen in the body. Wow! And that's exactly what we're discovering. So then when people understand what they're doing and they understand why they're doing it, the how gets easier. Mm. So you can assign meaning to the task and switch on the prefrontal cortex. And when you switch on that prefrontal cortex, it wants to get an outcome. It doesn't want to mess around it wants the outcome you're doing it for the outcome and that's kind of a strong intention and a change in the energy or an emotional state and that's changing your state of being mm. and when you change your state of being like that every day get ready because you're going to start having synchronicities and opportunities <laughs> and coincidences and weird things start happening in your life to prove to you that you're actually the creator of your life instead of the victim of your life absolutely gosh
0: there's so much i want to unpack here one of them is you mentioned something around 75 to 90% of people go into the doctor's office, and it's based on an emotional imbalance that probably causes or influences them to be there, right? Mm-hmm. They might feel physical pain, but it's based on an emotional state that they've been in for a long time mm-hmm. that gets and, uh, and a host of bad choices lot of that things, may go yeah, with yeah. that. But a lot of it is emotional mm-hmm. as a, a baseline. That's exactly correct. You talked about frequency, we talked about emotional signatures, and we talked about identity and personality. When I went to your advanced seven-day experience, when I went there, you had an entire, I don't know, probably a few-hour explanation about frequencies and energies, the highest level frequency where we could be at to allow us to feel more abundant and peaceful and and have balance and harmony to lower-level frequencies that are going to cause us to feel more stress and anger. and you know, feel like we're in constant breakdown, right? And the higher the frequency we get to, the more conscious we are, the lower the frequency, the more unconscious we are. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, you know, hours of research and science that you teach during this. What is the lowest level of emotion that will keep us stuck in a non-receivership, a non-abundant mentality and state, and and a place of pain Versus the highest level of emotion that we could be in more frequently that'll allow us to feel more peace and in harmony in our health But also in our life. What are those two opposite
1: emotions? Mm. Okay, um, I just want to finish the last thought about physical chemical and emotional stress, then I want to and I want to answer that so If you're truly interested then in sustaining homeostasis and and balance then you're going to have to self-regulate. Yes, and and it would be wonderful. And we're working. We have this new program called the Inner Health Coalition because we've had so many doctors, so many researchers, so many healthcare providers come through our events. Many of them heal themselves from all kinds of health conditions, from spinal cord injuries to stage four cancers. That really just want to really look to see how this model could actually fit in their clinic. And there's got to be a different conversation. Mm. That can happen around health because chronic health conditions are created from a lifestyle mm-hmm. and if you don't change your lifestyle nothing is going to change because nothing changes in our life until we change so then if then you would go to a practitioner where you could actually practice brain and heart coherence which is our formula mm-hmm get your brain feeling those elevated emotions, uh, uh, your, sorry, get your heart feeling those elevated emotions and then get your brain coherent and do the, do the exercises to get your brain and body back into regulation, into homeostasis. And then the key element is not that you react. I mean, who doesn't react? The question is... You're perfect, Dr. Joe. You never react, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the question is how long? Right. How long are you going to do that yeah. for? I mean, if you keep it going on then it, there it must be an addiction because an addiction is something you think you can't stop mm. or knowing something isn't good for you and you do it anyway that's when you know you're addicted right, right? so so then te- get the patient to really work on the emotional states that are keeping them and their body in the past
0: but it's so hard for people i feel like right yeah
1: because 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 Up until recently, there haven't been a whole lot of scientifically proven formulas or ways to teach people how to do that. People, by nature, want to get over their emotional state. They've just been hypnotized, they've been programmed, they've been conditioned into using something outside of them. Take away this feeling inside to of them. To numb the pain. Yeah. To to, to it's nothing wrong. Distract, things. numb. But but yeah. you could you could you know you could go watch a movie or you know mm-hmm. you could do this you can do that you can do we could do all these different things go out to dinner just just to make the feeling away. But the problem is, the feeling always comes back. Right. And so now when the person reaches that point where they're saying nothing's making this feeling go away, this is game time. This is where the person's not. Responding the texts any longer, right. they're not want to go to dinner with the same people. They don't want to do the same things. They don't watch the don't watch the same TV show They don't get on the computer any longer. This is this feeling is disturbing. Nothing's making it. No drug. No shopping spree. No no sports car. No, nothing's making this feeling go away. This is a this is a key moment, right? Because now the person is going to start to realize that no one or nothing in their life is going to make this feeling go away but them. Right. And this is the key moment this is where the person really decides to change this is the because they can see themselves for the first time because they no longer feel like themselves they're no longer distracted by that they can see how they think they can notice how they've been acting and decide oh my god i don't want to do that anymore the choices they've made or the experiences they just want to no longer do and the feelings that they no longer want to feel right and they start breaking their emotional agreements with everybody and everything in their life and people really get worried because they're no longer predictable. They're not showing up as the memory of themselves, right? So, what do you do? You medicate them, the person's depressed, you know, they're in a midlife crisis, but really it's the soul saying, um, there's a future and you may not know what it is, but you can't go back to that. Right. You can't, you just can't go back any longer. You can't, you already know, you can predict everything that's going to happen, You got to start you got to start saying no or you got to start looking deep, or You got to start changing and this is where um, It's so important for people then to understand that this is not a bad thing This is actually a good thing. It just doesn't feel good any longer because uh, You're you're ready to change, right? So this is what we should be naturally doing So when the person says, oh my god, I want to feel something else in my life than this Okay, I'm gonna watch how I respond to my coworker. I'm going to watch how I respond to my own thoughts. When did I default today and return back to the old self? Uh, uh, and they get really serious about looking closely at how they can change the way they think, act, and feel. And we have so many testimonials of people that were uh, diagnosed with chronic health conditions, and they got themselves in their meditations. Uh, back into elevated emotional states and and change their energy and change their frequency. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they get up from their meditation and they spend the next 15 hours in in, in fear and frustration. Why and is that though? Because they went unconscious, they defaulted. So, you got, got to get so good at doing it with your eyes closed, you got to start doing it with your eyes open. Oh, man. And that's the big game. That's the game. That is the game. That is the game. That is the game, right? Because this is the plane of demonstration. You got to demonstrate. So you gotta, you gotta start, that's why the walking meditations are so important in our work, because you gotta walk as it. If you're gonna be relaxed in your heart and awake in your brain, you better do it with your eyes open, so let's practice with let's our go. eyes. no yes. other way to do it. you wanna get so good at it that you can do it in the most adverse situations. That's you know when you own it, right? So, So then the person then realized that she had to watch her response to her ex. She had to watch her response to her bank account. She had to watch her response to the news. All of those things, she didn't, n- no drug, no surgery, no chemo, no radiation, right. no diet, no supplements were taking her health condition away. Until she realized I had to change, right? right. So now she, she's, she noticed doing her meditations, her pain levels went down. She noticed she was sleeping better. She knew she had more energy. But her values for that health condition were still the same. And she said, it's not that this doesn't work. They weren't, she wasn't doing her meditations any longer to heal. She was doing her meditations to change. Mm. And so then she'd say, okay, what do I want to believe today? What thought do I want to fire and wire in my brain? Remember it. I gotta Keep remembering so I don't forget to think this way. And a belief is just a thought you keep thinking over and over again. So she wanted to hardwire that in her brain. She wanted that to be a new voice in her head. Because thoughts that wire together. Fire together and wire together, right? right. So then how am I going to behave? Closing your eyes and rehearsing how you're going to be with your, your ex. And literally, think there's got to be another way to be, I can't respond the way I have responded, it's only weakening me, I've got to change my state, okay, I'm going to be loving, let me rehearse it. Mental rehearsal, If you keep doing it, rehearsing yourself in the scene, mm. planning your behaviors, your brain will look like you already did it. Mm. And if you keep doing it, it's going to become more, more automatic, it's going to become like a software program. So, the brain looks like the experience has already happened, and now you have, you have, you have hardware and software in place to use when you're with your ex because you installed it right? right so now you're now you're doing the meditation to remind yourself who you no longer want to be and remind yourself who you do want to be so now okay the person's now behaves that way and now her response to her ex is different evolution that day and the body's no longer brought back to the past and she does it once and she wants to do it again she wants to get better at it and she starts healing and she says i got to stay in this emotional mm-hmm. state i don't care who it is or what it is let me close my eyes i'm going to feel this emotion A 100 times if I have to just so that I can feel it so many times that I can bring it up whenever I want now They're becoming familiar with a new state of being right and when you feel the emotion of Your future before it happens. You'll always believe in that future Wow And if you feel the emotion that keeps you connecting your past you'll believe in your past and that's just the way it is And then you return back to the same self your same biology thinking the same thoughts making the same choices doing the same things creating the same experiences feeling the same emotions you're in your biology, your neurocircuitry, your neurochemistry, your hormones, your gene expression all stays the same because you just return back yeah. to the same. Okay, so we said seven days, taking a group of people is what I said to the scientists at U- University of California San Diego. Seven days. The biology stays the same, this, and they all agreed. I said, give people new information. Combine quantum physics with neuroscience, with neuroendocrinology, with psychoneuroimmunology, with epigenetics, with electromagnetism, build models of understanding, get people to learn new information, they're going to have new thoughts. Now give them the, the instruction so they can make a new choice. They can do a new thing. They can create a new experience. So they can feel a new emotion. Will their biology change in seven days? Lo and behold, the change way greater than we ever expected. Wow. Novice meditators. People who never came to a week-long event, never really meditated that much. The novice meditators. Seven days their biology at the end of seven days looked like they were living in a whole new life, and it wasn't You know 20% or 10% it was the majority of the collective Mm. Now all of those people have different genomes different genotypes and they're all different cultures different races different ages But when we look at the biology of gene expression They're signaling the same genes they're making the same proteins The the collective the herd, the flock, um, the school of fish, the biology, the, the, there's an emergent biology that's changing collectively that the, the probability of that happening is, is it's insanely, uh, insanely minimal. Let me just say that. So then think differently, make a different choice, do a different thing, create a new experience, feel a new emotion, keep doing that. Your biology will change. And that's exactly how people heal. So the emotions that keep us, i would say in our more limited animal amelian, human state have everything to do with anger and aggression and fear and anxiety and suffering and pain and guilt and shame and yeah. you know our was that man is that me all of those those are your think of a think as energy as emotion so those emotions um should should ultimately be retired as wisdom because the memory without the emotional charge is wisdom and now the game is over and you're ready for a new experience and you can't go to the future holding on to the emotion of the past, right? So you got to overcome that emotional state. So then you start feeling gratitude. You start feeling more gratitude. You start feeling love. You start feeling more love. You start feeling kindness. You start feeling care. You start feeling appreciation. You start feeling creative. You start feeling inspired. You practice feeling those emotions. And you get that heart of yours back into balance. We discovered that once energy makes it to the heart, it's going right to the brain. And it's going to go straight up and it's going to tell the brain, in that moment the heart is the creative center it's safe to create and the person moves out of survival and the brain like like grabbing a big sheet and going like that creates a wave of energy right to the brain coherent energy of the brain and the brain goes into a creative alpha state and the brain is getting information the heart is informing the brain think of something new think of a new possibility it's a creative state and the person starts seeing pictures and images well keep sustaining that relaxed in your heart, awake in your brain. We see, see how long people can hang with that. We got the brain and heart hooked up together. And then here it comes. You start seeing resonance taking place. There's waves riding waves and faster waves building on waves. So Delta, the base, is carrying theta, but it's a harmonic. And theta is carrying alpha and alpha is carrying beta. Beta is carrying uh, high beta and high beta is going in the gamma. And then when that occurs, the person is feeling ecstasy. There's an arousal, Ugh. an arousal taking place in the nervous system, but the arousal isn't fear. Like it's not fear. Arm, it's not fear. It's not anger. It's not pain. That's typically what creates an arousal. The arousal is ecstasy. So the person is feeling wholeness. They're feeling connected. Mm. They're feeling aware. They're super conscious. The brain is no longer in discoherence. The brain is in resonance. There's waves carrying waves. There's harmonics. There's order within order there's patterns within patterns nested observer windows the brain is functioning mathematically (sighs) and so you see that happening and you ask the person from their subjective experience how did that feel they say i felt so whole i felt such bliss i felt such connection i felt such pure love i no longer wanted anything i no longer it's impossible to want When you're in that state no desire
0: is for something lack because you're not in lack
1: there's no you're in wholeness the exact opposite and that's the place to create from right not from lack because lack means i'm gonna wait for that thing to happen out there to take away the lack or separation from not having it -hmm. right this is like your body's believing it's already in that future and that's exactly what we discovered at the end of seven days Mm. people move into that state and they're they're making thousands of metabolites information is in their blood at the end of seven days that wasn't there before and they're not taking any exogenous substance they're not changing their diet it's coming from within them so then the person who starts feeling wholeness it gets very difficult to describe those emotions it's ineffable i mean we ask people what what was it and they just they just well up in tears and they say i don't know it's the most familiar unfamiliar feeling I've ever had. Like, I'm remembering what I forgot. Like, I forgot that I'm this. I am pure love. I am am this, you know. And I think when we have those experiences, at least when I've had those experiences, I think the takeaway is that it, it didn't come from out there, from anyone or anything. It came from within me. And I think that's the real fundamental moment where people stop looking outside of them. It's always been within them. And that relationship that they develop, okay. Yeah, we all take hard knocks during our lives, and we all have stressors in our life, and we're all trying to do as much as we can, and, you know, walk the tightrope. But, but a person who every single day says, um, I'm not going to get up from my meditation until I absolutely feel like I'm, I'm that person. Man, it's a very different game. because people say, why do you do your meditations in the morning? I say, because if I can overcome me... <laughs> <laughs> the rest of my day is easy. Right. I mean, I can overcome anybody, right? So how long are you gonna sit with you? That's one of the things in our week-long events, you know? I'm on the I'm on the stage watching the whole thing by the fourth day or so. First day, everybody's all over the place. Fourth day or so, everybody's like this. They're just sitting right there, they're paying complete attention. I say to them, When have you sat with yourself this long where you actually like yourself? They're all completely present. Completely present, their mind is not wandering anywhere because they've practiced for the last four days to catch that thought of the worst case scenario and bring it back. That's a victory. Yes. That's a victory. That's not you didn't do your meditation well. Catching yourself going unconscious and becoming conscious and disinvesting your attention and energy out of that predictable future back into the present moment is executing a will that's greater than that program. And that is a victory. That's not like you didn't meditate you're actually doing it right then all of a sudden your mind defaults and it wanders to some past memory of a person or a thing or a circumstance you start feeling that emotion and all of a sudden you start getting frustrated or impatient and instead of getting up and saying i can't meditate you notice that you're siphoning energy out of the present moment into the past you settle your body out of back down out of frustration and you move back into the present moment that's a victory mm-hmm. and you're telling the body it's no longer the mind that i'm the mind now, you didn't do your meditation wrong, you're actually doing it right. You're conditioning the body to a new mind. Keep doing that over and over again. Uh, David starts getting a hand on Goliath. And it's uncomfortable, and it's tedious, and it takes energy, and it takes awareness, and you got to hang in there. And the hardest part of every war is the last battle. And just when you think you're done, oh, man. you got to go a little further. Uh. And if I take people past that point... And there's a collective group of people and they say, I can't go any further. And they go a little further because the person next to them is a sweet little woman in her 70s and they're in 30 and buffed. And they're like, I can't go. She, she's not gone, I'm not <laughs> gone. Yeah. And, go, and they go a little further. That's when the brain changes the most because they just broke out out of the known into the unknown and nothing dangerous happened. Nothing scary happened. There was no threat. There was no danger. And people start relaxing more into the unknown. Turns out that's the perfect place to create from. Wow. So the side effect of these higher states of consciousness, these greater frequencies or energies, is the outcome really of managing our attention and energy and inhibiting the thoughts that produce those hormones and those feelings, and no longer driving the body into a lower denominator. Sooner or later you keep doing that, energy moves only in one direction and it moves up and it moves into the heart. And once it makes it to the heart, it's going right to the brain. And the person all of a sudden starts feeling relaxed And awake instead of stressed out unconscious and in a program and so the idea then is to be able to get very good at doing that with your eyes open so the practice of doing that uh, in, in your daily life then is then living in a different state of being independent of what's going on in your outer world thinking differently Acting differently and feeling differently in the same reality until it changes. Right, because most of us, it seems like, are awake but unconscious.
0: And what I'm hearing you say is, we've got to practice having our eyes open and being conscious at the
1: same time. Exactly. That's the whole purpose of doing the work. Right. Is, I mean, you're doing the work so you don't default. Uh huh. Default is is automatic. It's so right. quick. You have one stray thought, one Boom, response, and then you just lost. You just lost your state of being. And if you blame someone and you say it's that person or that circumstance, I'm going to say to you, uh-oh, you're back to that unconscious program of being a victim, thinking that that person or that circumstance is controlling how you feel and how you think. You're, you're, you're a consequence of that. You're, and, and, and now, sooner or later, how many times do you have to forget mm. until you stop forgetting and start remembering? That's the moment of change. And, and, and breaking a habit is one thing. But breaking a habit of being yourself is another
0: <laughs> thing. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. Okay, I want to unpack this for a second. For someone watching or listening who's thinking, okay, Dr. Joe, I'm sure you've had some challenges in your life, but you don't have the type of challenges I have. You don't have the childhood trauma that I faced. You don't have the, the parents who were just you know, detached and didn't show love to me. You don't have the bullying that I went through. You don't have the financial burden that I'm faced with right now and have been in debt for most of my life. You don't have the constant heartbreak I have felt from all these different relationships. I'm sure you've had some challenges, but I've really suffered. I've really gone through so much pain that I don't even believe I'm deserving of being healthy and well. Because all of my evidence from the past is showing that I'm unlovable, that people are going to abandon me, abuse me, and the world is against me. How do you get people to understand that they are deserving of health and this, you know, state of love and gratitude when they continue continue to convince themselves about the past and cannot see or believe in a future greater than their
1: past? I'd ask them, how long do you want to tell that story? <laughs>
0: Like, I mean, how long do you want to
1: tell that story? Because you believe as if it's the truth. You behave as if it's the truth, and you've ultimately become it. That's, that's, that's the end of that person's emotional belief. I just want them to tell a different story. In fact, you can't tell me any longer that you've had a brutal past uh, and you can't do this work. You can't tell me that. We've had some people with some really brutal pasts, yes. really, really difficult pasts. And we're talking about abuse, molestation, uh, trauma, murder, uh, veterans, uh, Navy SEALs, people who have witnessed and seen really horrible things and had really horrible moments. And um, they had all kinds of health conditions. Uh, it, the trauma. Wasn't just in their brain the trauma was in their body because it was the emotion that kept them in the past, right? And they couldn't couldn't get past that emotion. They tried everything all the plant medicines all you know All the diets everything they they just couldn't get past it. They just didn't know how to do it. The memory They couldn't get past the memory. They just didn't understand why they were there and what to do to help them to get out, right? so so many of these people that had brutal paths also had really difficult health challenges they had endometriosis they had depression they had night terrors suicidal tendencies blackouts vertigo uh, ovarian cysts you know all kinds of crazy things and they did the work because nothing else was, was working and many of them came to the point where they did their meditation every single day every day they never missed a day because nothing else was working they believed that this could work. They just didn't believe it could work for them. Right. So, they were doing their meditations to actually believe, right? <clears throat> they had to change their emotional state and they reached the point uh, and when, typically when they come to the weak lungs, because I stretch people a little further. Wow. They were already feeling a little better, they were already doing better, but they reached a point where they just thought, oh my God, this is the worst feeling I've ever had in my life. I don't think I'd go any further. And then they think, oh my God, I've never missed a day in my in my meditations, I can't. I can't give up on me now. And they go one more time, and the words that we hear over and over again is always the same. It was like my heart blew wide open. It was like my heart exploded. It was like my heart opened up all the way. I felt something move through my heart, and I felt more love than I felt my entire life. And they look back at their entire past, and they don't want to change one thing in their past because the feeling that they have, they realize that they had to go through all of that to get to the present moment, and that's the moment the past no longer exists mm. and they look at their betrayers they look at their molesters they look at the uh, tyrants and and they have nothing but compassion and love wow. for them and the relationship changes with those people and the moment their heart blows open the body literally comes out of the past because <sighs> when energy makes it to the heart it resets the baseline in the brain and the autonomic nervous system for trauma it says it's over and the body literally moves out of the past And the side effect of that, there goes the depression, there goes the endometriosis, (laughs) Here goes the night terrors, and and the person would, they they don't want to change anything in their past. They'll tell you, I, no, 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 Mm -hmm. no, no. this all had to happen for me to change. So many people with diseases will say, I just didn't know it, I would have never changed. I would have never changed unless I had this health condition, I would have never changed. This was the push for me to change. And they, they would say, um, I was too sick to do their meditation in the beginning, but you know what? There were days they felt really bad and they could have said, "Mm, I don't feel like doing my meditation today, but guess what? They did it anyway. And they overcame their body a little bit more that day. And there were days they, they had a lot of self-doubt because their condition was getting worse and their family was worried about them. And they could have said, ah, oh, this is too much, I have too much doubt, I, I'm not, I can't do this. Guess what? They did it anyway and they overcame their doubt a little bit more. Yeah. And there were days where they had a lot of fear because they were given the voodoo curse that they had six months to live or a year to live. And they could have said, I, I have too much fear today, I can't do my meditation. But They did it anyway. Instead of surrendering to fear, they surrendered to love. And it was the overcoming process Mm. that was the becoming process. That is the unlearning process. And if 95% is how we're hardwired in terms of attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions, how we're habituated in terms of behaviors and actions, and how we're conditioned to our emotional responses, then there's going to take a lot of work in the overcoming process, because you got to get so conscious that you don't go unconscious again. And You as a process of going unconscious to the point where you no longer go unconscious and you stay conscious you ask that person Where the where the where is the disease now? Where is it now? They'll tell you it's in the old person. It's the old guy It's, right. the, it's that person it's that old person. It's not me. I'm not that victim anymore I'm not that person any longer and again, they were doing their meditations to change they were doing their meditations Three times a day not because they wanted their meditations to heal them They just defaulted back to the old self and they started disbelieving again. So they were doing their meditations every day to believe and Uh. they would not get up until they felt the feeling of that future because they knew consciously, if I could feel this emotion, I'm signaling genes ahead of the environment Mm. and I'm going to keep feeling this feeling with the intention of signaling the gene and that was their intention. Of course, they started producing a greater outcome. So, they were doing their meditations to strengthen their belief three times a day because they lost their belief. Now, <clears throat> you can't say to me, you're too out of shape, or you're too in shape, or you're too unhealthy, you're too old, or you're too young. You, you saw we have people that are 12 years old or 10 years old that yes. come to our Teens events. Sitting around. Yeah, we yeah. have hundreds of kids that come on the age of 25, you know, a huge youth community. We have people that are in their 90s and their 80s. They have elegant brain scans. They have beautiful heart coherence. You can't tell me you're too old to do it. You know, you can't. You can't tell me you're too young. You, you can't tell me you're too sick. You can't tell me you're, you know, you're, you're you had a brutal past or you're out of shape. You can't say any of those things any longer. I mean, no one's so special to be excluded mm. from this process. And and again, I think one of the things I'm I'm jesting part of the time here, but one of the things that people need is knowledge and information. I mean. The data that we have in our scientific research just it's, it tells us that we're greater than we think, more powerful than we know, more unlimited than, than, we ever, than we could ever dream. The testimonials of people standing on the stage, you've seen them with stage four cancers that spread to their bones, to their liver, to their lungs, to their pelvic organs. They couldn't walk, they were in so much pain, no drug trial, no chemo, no radiation, no surgery was changing, no diet was changing them. And now they're up there with no evidence of cancer. You hear that story, it's the four-minute mile. Yeah. That is, evidence is the loudest voice. Yes. And when you see a person that doesn't look vegan, doesn't look young, doesn't look <laughs> buffed, that had people steal money right. from them, that they lost everything, they slit their wrists, they have horrible but bankrupt. They're worth millions now and they're living a happy life and they've got a great relationship and their health condition's all better. you got to scratch your head and you got to look and you got to say, well, wow, if that person can do it, mm, I think I can do You're it. Right. And, and then there's then there's number two, and then there's number three, and then there's number four. Then there's thousands and thousands. All the, now thousands. now all, we had seven people step out of wheelchairs in our last event in Denver. I couldn't believe it. Mm. With spinal cord injuries, with brain tumors, with head trauma, with myasthenia gravis, with um, MS, with ALS. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's crazy. It just takes one, and then... then A collective consciousness. Mm. Now it's possible,
0: right? It's fascinating. When I, you know, when I was at your event and we did the coherence healings towards the end, obviously once we practiced more of the, the meditations and, and understood the science and understood the research and you really dive in on it and did the 3 a.m., you know, five, six hour meditations and all these different things we did. It's a beautiful thing to witness serving others who need healing with your, consciousness collectively it's an incredible thing to witness and to feel the energy oh, so it's not a yeah. it's not a false fake energy you're like you're feeling like you're healing yourself as you're intending consciously to heal someone else
1: yeah which is that happens we just had somebody just on the stage just that had um, trigeminal neuralgia severe facial pain oh wow! she got on the stage and she said i wanted someone to cut my head off oh man she said that's how bad the pain was i could never get away from it she said during that coherent healing, i my heart blew wide open i felt so much love she said i have no pain in my face I've i've done every therapy i've done every drug i've taken everything every narcotic everything it's never changed i have no pain like that instantaneous change this in her. this is health. crazy so so when you see i know this is insane we had We've had more than one person that had uh, uh, vision problems all of a sudden start to see. We've had more than one person with hearing problems start to hear. Just, it just happened recently. It's not uncommon for people. We had a guy that lost his speech, uh, He couldn't talk, he's talking now. He's, he's, he's a happy guy. I've seen people with Parkinson's disease, with, with bilateral breast cancer, uh, I've seen spinal cord injuries, I've seen uh, all kinds of different health conditions. Uh, in, in one, one uh, or two or three uh, coherence healings have a complete Double. change. And it's it, incredible. And, and it's a really cool thing because people are never being touched. They're just, they're just, listen, changing information in the field. And it's not matter that's creating the field, it's the field that's creating matter. Ugh. So, if you change the information in the field, could you change the hologram? three-dimensional reality and that's exactly what we teach.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And that's exactly what we start to see. If tumor is the illusion, it's the hologram, it's the information in the field. If you change the information in the field, can you change the destiny of matter? Uh. And when people start to understand it and they can piece it together and they've been practicing all week overcoming themselves, they do that. Yeah. If they practice all week opening their heart, they practice all week brain and heart coherence, now it's time to put it all together but now this time, it's not about you that's someone's mother down there, yes. that's someone's best friend, that's someone's kid, you know, that's someone's cousin, that's someone's uncle, that's somebody. Yes. And, and I just asked them to actually show up uh, and be the healer that they would want to be healed oh, by. It's And, beautiful and it's thing, really man. cool.
0: I mean, you're just in the last 30 seconds using vocabulary and language and explaining things that some people might say, what is this quantum field and 3D and hologram and that's kind of the tip of the iceberg for what you go into for these seven days. And you know, one of your quotes that I love is the quantum field responds not to what we want. It responds to who we are being. And when you or I am wanting to serve someone with so much love, when I fill my heart up and have brain heart coherence with love and gratitude, healing vibration, and I spread that energy onto someone else whether it's a stranger or someone I love, and they're in alignment with that. There is a vibration between the two. I'm getting chills just thinking about it now. There's a vibration, you said a, a waving of a sheet that connects in the middle, in the center is this power of love that is healing. Yeah. It is a beautiful thing. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about this, this frequency, this emotion, this love is, is it possible to heal ourselves with our thoughts and with meditation alone? And is it possible to heal another with our thoughts, our love, our heart coherency alone, even if they don't respond to it and they're not doing it themselves? Is it possible to influence without them doing the work? Yeah,
1: that's a really great question. Um, Gosh, I I, I think my belief uh, in what's possible uh, has changed dramatically in the last two years. I'm not the same person because of the things that I've witnessed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I I saw a person with muscular dystrophy that was in a wheelchair for 12 years, a uh, young guy. Uh, if you study muscular dystrophy, um, there's no, there's no, there's no cure. It's it's no just, coming back. There's no coming back. And, um, I think they, I saw this video. Yeah, I think, they lit yeah. him up and he was out of his wheelchair. He's walking around in his life now. I, I mean, that that I mean I can't go back to business as usual. After I, I right. watched that I watched I watched that video a hundred times. I just don't want to forget what's possible. Mm. I was on a being interviewed for a documentary and uh, the the interviewer, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know anything about it, said, "What about the woman in your work that grew her thyroid back?" And I was like, "What? Like what are you talking about?" She said, "Yeah, she grew her thyroid back." I'm like, "What? <laughs> I didn't know anything <laughs> about it." Like I'm like, "No." Like she's like, "Yeah, yeah." She we have the medical records and everything, and this woman grew thyroid bag. Wow. Like, like, uh, it stretched me, you know? And so, okay, um, there's a lot that has to happen for us to make this journey, right? You get diagnosed with a health condition, and it's a terminal health condition or a chronic health condition, and you're compromised in some way, and you're reliant on something to get you back in the health and balance, and that's what the conventional model is, and, but if it isn't working, mm, you have to start looking. Some people just, they just, they shrink. In, into mediocracy and they stay there other yes. people are bothered by it and they're going to look for answers okay so the person starts looking for answers we had some lady that someone amazon accidentally mailed <laughs> accidentally mailed my book you are the placebo to her house and she didn't order it and she just put it on the on her coffee table and um, she had parkinson's disease and finally after like three months, she picked up the book and she saw the brain scans on Parkinson's and she started doing the meditations. She came to the week-long retreat. She completely healed of Parkinson's. Wow. She was on the stage telling the story. This is crazy, right? So, so now the person heals herself, okay, as an example. Now, a person who heals themselves, I've seen Green Berets, I've seen uh, Navy SEALs uh, with a lot of physical and, and emotional health conditions really heal. The only thing they want to do is they want to give, they want to they want they want to bring it to their people they want to bring it to their tribe they want to bring it to yes. the people they love and and then the, the really in, the intention is i want to heal somebody else right and so you you're healed you the next thing is you want to heal somebody it's else by right? the word so yeah. now so, but your model has to change uh-huh. if i heal myself and i've actually changed my energy can i kind of heal another person and that's exactly what we do we say okay now that you can change your health can you change another's health let's build a model of understanding and let's do that and we did the model of understanding and all of a sudden I see people stepping out of wheelchairs left and right and people blind people seeing and crazy things going on a lot of remissions of diseases I'm more surprised about that than anybody COVID happens and then we're like hmm can we actually if we're in the quantum field and there's no separation there can we just hit a target just give us a picture a coordinate and we have remote coherence yeah, and these stuff. these these people do it <laughs> it's listen crazy. They, it's do it, crazy. Crazy. they do it they do it Every day. They're machines. They do it. They never miss a day. They would never miss a day and the reason they never miss a day is because they get so much out of it. Mm -hmm. And they're not doing it to By trying to heal another. They're not trying to heal another. They're actually healing healing another that is
0: not even, that they don't even know.
1: They don't even know and they're not even in the same room. They're spread across the world and they're hitting a target. They're hitting a target. They see an image and they visualize that target. They go to the field and they hold that person in their heart and they just, and they change their energy. So, so then the model builds more now. Now, can you heal at a remote location? The answer is absolutely yes. In fact, our studies with UC San Diego is insane. I, mean, I said to the scientists, when in your life did you think you would be sitting talking about the effects of remote coherence healings that are working as well as drugs? Mm. Hmm? When, better than drugs actually, when have you ever thought you'd be talking about this? So our data suggests that it's real, right? We did a triple blind placebo study and there's absolutely no doubt that these people are causing some profound effects. We just published another paper, paper about the mathematical synchronization of the heart mm, of groups of people that collectively so cool. get together. How they synchronize, you know? There's we published a paper. It's mathematical. It's real. Right. It's a lot of science, but there's some effect that's happening in the people's hearts that are feeling the same amount of love. They're in training to a similar resonance, a similar frequency. Okay. So now, they they did an amazing amazing study preliminary study on autistic children okay now i'm telling you this because i want you to know that this isn't conjecture this is reality Uh, boys young boys uh, between the ages i think of six and twelve and these are problematic kids they've done the physical therapy the occupational therapy the speech therapy the inhibition therapy the talk therapy they've tried the nutrients the vitamins they they tried everything and then they're not responding they haven't changed much they're they're headbangers Um, They're incontinent. They don't sleep. uh, They're obsessive. uh, They have outbursts. They have no sociability. They have no gross and fine motor skills. Their language is compromised. Now, we decided instead of doing um, uh, uh, scientific analysis, we decided to have the best scientists take a look at their kids and that's the parents. Right? So, they... We did. Parents know every single thing about that kid because they have all their attention. They know every habit, they know every behavior, they know every obsession. Six weeks, two times a week. These kids at the end of six weeks, speaking in complete sentences, sleeping through the night, taking naps, walking themselves to school, using the toilet, no longer defecating or urinating in their bed, um, hugging their parents when they come home, asking for what they want, jumping on the trampoline, being uh, in, a, in school place. And, and, the, and the, <laughs> it's insane. It's in, the parents... Are overjoyed. Wow. Their lives have changed dramatically because their kid is somehow changed. Are smiling, the more engaging, right? They're not even in the room, and they're producing these effects. So, back to your question. This is an evolution. If you're you, you never know what you'll think in differently until you have a new experience. Right. A new experience causes you to think of possibilities you would never thought of before. And there is an infinity. There's infinities. Because you and I are making known, unknown possibilities by having a new experience and we start thinking of other ways and that's consciousness and it's never ending process of self-discovery. To answer the question, who am I, Right? right? So, so, so then, so then what we discovered is that in our, in our data collection, that people that are the most desperate tend to be the, the, the less likely to respond. Because they're waiting for their healing. To feel gratitude. They haven't realized that when they feel gratitude, their healing begins, right? So, that's not a problem. We just have to, we have to work with them to get them out of that state. And that's what I do when everybody's getting ready. I work with the healies. Um, we noticed that people who actually are in the river of change, they are actually working on changing something about themselves, they receive that energy better. We noticed that when people are grateful, super grateful to be there, they, that energy just hits them, yes. it hits them really big. So, but we also see that people that, that don't do the work, that it just, it's their moment, you know, it's just their moment, yeah. They're, it's just their moment and they get lit up. And I've seen bodies contort, twist and convulse and turn red and shake. I mean, I've, I've seen grown men scream at the top of their lungs, that, that guy, <laughs> that, that guy that lost his boss's voice for two years, that was ready to take his life. Wow. They'd, he he had one moment. He never was touched. The moment people walked in the room, he said, "I felt this ball of energy right in my heart." This guy, in my throat. This guy's not a whales in space woo woo guy. He's a he's a businessman. He just he was just ready. It's his and, moment. It was his moment. And and then that I heard him yelling so loud because the energy was so intense, and he was coming up off the ground. I was watching him. Then he'd fall back down and come up again. Nobody was touching him. They were all with their eyes closed, like they had no idea what was going on. 80% of his voice came back after that first intervention. After the coherence healing. After, after the coherence. Yeah. Out, yeah. He gets on the stage, tells a story. Of course, what do you think is going to happen to the energy in the room? People are just going to go more in, right? Uh-huh. Now their belief is just, just elevated. The person that stands on the stage that, that no longer has a um, stage for a cancer, they tell their story they're no longer in a wheelchair they're you know they're 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 in the wheelchair for seven years you know like you 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 shake your head and you're like i don't want people to forget that i don't want them to freak i don't want them to go back to business as usual i want them once you know you can't not know absolutely and you got to keep it's so much easier to forget this information than to remember it because it goes against the program right (laughs) it's
0: so easy to forget if you're not practicing consistently and one of the things that i've been doing for the last year since I went to the advanced uh, retreat was, you know, almost every morning, either in the morning or at night, I'm putting on one of your meditations. And even if I only feel like I have limited time, I'll at least put on a 10 minute morning or evening meditation. I think the one you did like eight years ago or something, right? And there's so many new ones that Martha is always putting on. We did, we were in the sauna three nights ago and she put a 30 minute meditation on in the sauna and talked about elevated emotion. It was like a whole nother level of i'm in pain but how do we not feel the pain how do we connect like how do we something breathe it's something to do It's something it was to do. 200, 200 <laughs> degrees and i was like okay dr joe's speaking to me right now um but the consistency of it has allowed me to continue to feel peace gratitude and love in my heart yeah doesn't mean i don't have breakdowns or frustrations or um you know things that i have to deal with mm-hmm. and i notice when I do it less consistently, if there's times where I do it less and I react to things more, I feel more stuck. I feel more physical pain trapped inside of me. Because,
1: you, because you know the difference between you—you were living in a whole different state. You go back to that state, and you can notice the difference yes. greater, hundred yes. percent. Yeah.
0: And um, and like you said towards the beginning, like once you know, you never want to go back. You just yeah. want to keep staying in this beautiful elevated state of emotional peace, harmony, and coherence, with thinking and feeling, and it's incredible feeling. Um, I know people are probably taking a ton of notes, and there's so much they want to take action on. You have a uh, a walk that's happening soon called Walk for the Dot World. We're gonna link all this up. I want to link up the research paper. I want to give people your meditations because this is something I practice almost daily. I want to give people your books. So we're gonna link all these things up. And can you tell us before we wrap up what this? walk around the world is, how people can get involved, and also, if they can only do a couple of things each day, what can they do on a daily basis as a habit to help them improve their health? And also, what can we do with walk for the dot
1: world? Yeah, okay, so I'll answer the first question. Three types of stress, physical, chemical, and emotional. Three types of balance, physical, chemical, and emotional. Get two out of those three in order, third one typically comes around. Get more emotionally balanced, more physically balanced, you going to be more chemically balanced. Yes. Get more ke- chemically balanced more emotionally balanced, you're going to be more physically balanced, right? But, but you have to do an inventory every day. Just, you have to ask yourself before you start your day, you know, what, 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 do I, what do I want to bring to the world? Who do I want to become? Let me become that person. Let me disconnect from my outer world. Let me close my eyes. Let me play some music, fill the space. Let me not eat anything, smell anything, taste anything. Let me not move around, experience anything and feel anything. Let me make my inner world more real than my outer world. Let me remind myself of that 95% the way I think, the way I act, the way I feel. Let me just get so conscious of those thoughts. If I can, I'll start tomorrow. It's too late. It's her fault. It's his fault. I don't, it's something wrong with me. Get really aware of how I speak, how I act. Do I complain? Do I blame when I make exclu- excuses Do I feel sorry for myself? What emotions are my primary emotions? What's my default? Is it anxiety? Is it fear? Is it self-pity? Is it unworthiness? What is it? What is it? Let's just get real about it. Okay. Great day. A great day would be not going there the whole day. And if I catch myself, I'm going to catch myself and I'm not going to say I failed because that's a program. I'm going to say I caught myself. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to change it now. Let me remind myself of the thoughts. I do want to think. Let me remember them. So I don't forget them. Let me rehearse my behaviors in my mind so I can do it when I have the opportunity. I want to, I want a shot at this. I want to evolve my life. I want to evolve my experience. And how am I going to feel today? That I, I want to feel this feeling and keep bringing it up until I can. not Forget it. Let me, and then don't get up. Mm-hmm. Do not get up until you feel that way. <laughs> and if it takes you an hour, it'd be worth it. Yeah. And when it's the hardest, it matters the most. Yes. So that's a simple thing to do that anybody can do. And then, But it's the experiment. The experiment isn't like I'm doing good or I did it right or I succeeded or God loves me or none of that. It's doing it to see, the experiment is, if I change the way I think, if I change the way I act, if I change the way I feel, will my life change? The answer should be yes, because if you're choosing to evolve your experience, your life should change. And that personality is how you think, how you act, and how you feel. And that personality is intimately connected to your personal reality. Oh my gosh. And if you're not going to change your personality, you're not going to change your personal reality. Most people try to create a new personal reality has the same personality it doesn't work we got to become somebody else simple practical thing people say this to me all the time I have this health goal I have this wealth goal and I say to them that health goal and that wealth goal you're gonna have to go from this person to that person you will never get to that goal until you change you cannot and when you make it about change watch out Mm. because the hardest part about change is not making the typical choice that you always make And that's the process of discomfort. And you just got to get good at being uncomfortable. Yes. And you just got to, you got to be so good at being uncomfortable that you can sit there and actually regulate and change that really horrible state into something else. Absolutely. And so then if you keep doing that, your life should change. I mean, that's the way it should be.
0: It's a constant practice. It's a concept. constant practice constant. of being awake and, aw- and remember when you're awake yeah. and remembering the future. I think I told you my friend Humble the poet has a tattoo right here that says "Remember the future." After one of our first interviews, he yeah. got that, and it constantly reminds him to not think about the past and the pain and the worry, or the frustration from something that happened, mm-hmm. but to remember his potential and step into that now. Yeah, um, walk for the
1: dot world. Yeah. What is
0: this, and how can we get involved?
1: Um, well, gosh, I don't know about you, but I think I know you well enough. Um, just, God, the world is, just seems really different, um, these days. And, um, I think that the world needs a change and I think there's an energy that you and I have when we make up our mind to change, there's, it's an energy. And when you, when you make up your mind to change, you you combine a clear intention with an elevated emotion and that's a powerful signature uh, of energy in the field. And that's the moment your body starts responding to your mind and you're giving your body a a, a taste of the future emotionally and you're changing your state of being. Keep that up and your life changes, right? Nothing changes until you change. Change your energy, change your life. Okay. The world can't change without you. The world can't change without me. The world can't change without anybody. And if we get enough people to change, you could actually change the world. So what if you had thousands of people from... We have... 152 different countries registered right now for this walk for the world on September 23rd. What if you don't have to be, you don't have to do this work, you've never done walking meditation before, you show up and you're going to have to leave something behind, of mm. something that you want to see in the world, then you're going to have to walk as that. Wow. And you're going to walk as that, not only, at, not only just for the walking meditation, at the end of that walk. It just begins because you got to be able to walk out into your life and show people what love does. You got to show them what greatness looks like. You got to show them what nobility and character is. You got to have an uncompromising will. You got to be able to face adversity and be able to be relaxed in your heart and awaken your brain and completely disagree and be unintimidated by it. I mean, that's the new consciousness. And so there is an energy of change. And with that energy of change comes a new consciousness. You get enough people together moving into a new state of being and conscious of a change in the world wow. in some way. Thousands of people. We're at 50,000 people right now. And uh, we have 2,000 plus groups, 2,100 groups organized around the world uh, to do this That's walk. Incredible. And so, um, I, I, it'll be one of many that we do, uh, but it is a walk for the world. And, and we have to show up as that, whatever we want to see as, as change in the world. So, <sighs> it'll be September 23rd. We're, we'll... we'll We'll have the meditation uh, available, you can go to the website uh, and register. We recommend uh, um, registering, we'll send you the meditation, it'll be a big day, we're partnering with some organizations and even if we just change the trajectory just two degrees from that cliff we're headed off of, we got a little bit more time. We do it again, we're moving further away. It's incredible. And and I think, I think uh, that collective networks of observers determine reality and the coming of a new consciousness. This emergent consciousness is not one person; yeah. it's collective. Hundred percent. And and we gotta uh, and then and and an emergent consciousness, the flock of birds, the school of fish. There's no leader; everybody's leading. Mm. Everybody's behaving the same way. Wow. And the appearance of that collective uh, group of organisms gives the appearance of a larger organism. And there's power in numbers. And so our idea is to peacefully make a difference uh, in the world in some way, and and to practice being that change we want to mm. see. And, and get caught up in the energy of it uh, so that at the end of that walk, you feel like there's hope again. Absolutely. And the world needs some hope.
0: Big time. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Joe, I'm going to link all this up, walkforthe.world. Like, you need to, you know, walk at Walk for the World, but run to the website <laughs> for your advanced retreat because it is, it, if you can get there and then you can go all in, which yeah. you saw me
1: there, I was all in. Dude, you were all I in. I was
0: like... First one, like let's go, whatever you tell me to do, I'm all in. I'm doing the crazy, screaming, whatever it is, I'm in it.
1: Yeah, but 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 the great thing about you is that, <laughs> but it, it we discovered that if you go all in, you're going to change. We 100%. we we know that for a fact now. Yeah, you just that means just show up. Yeah, and you're only as good as your last meditation, you and then are. you let it go and you go again, you and got, that's it. You keep going.
0: You got to keep being consistent. But me and Martha did it. We loved it. I've recommended a bunch of people to go since then. They've loved it. Once they finally got in, um, go there. If you get a chance, download uh, your meditations. You've got a ton of meditations on your website. I listen to the morning and evening routine. If you feel like ah, I don't want to go too long right away, just they're ten minutes, fifteen minutes each. Yeah, we have fifteen like you fifteen got minutes, thirty minutes, got, twenty uh, minutes. You got so many long ones. Long, that are we got amazing. hours. Yeah. But you can just get started with a 10-minute meditation, and the morning and the evening, I think, I recommend everyone to get started with.
1: For for, for what we talked about, morning yes. and evening is, is really practical. Yes. Um, but I really feel like knowledge is the precursor to experience. So, it's important to understand what we're doing and why yes. we're doing so the how gets easier. So, gaining information about it helps to the meditation be more meaningful. Absolutely. If you go in and, and you get it and you don't really understand it, read something that just helps you to, to remove conjecture, yes. doubt, superstition, dogma—I don't like any of that stuff. Sure, sure. And so, so get a little get a get a little information to help you understand the what and go, the why. Go
0: through more information. You got a ton of the research papers up on your website as well. We'll have that linked up. Um, and if you guys, you know, leave a, a comment on the biggest takeaway from today's episode. I know there's going to be tons of notes and comments, but the biggest takeaway for you, what resonated, what stood out? Share this with a friend you think would help them as well. And uh, Dr. Joe, I'm, I'm just so grateful for you for, I, I don't know how many times I've had you on, but I think I was looking at earlier today, our interviews have over 40 million views wow. just on YouTube alone. Wow. That's not just the audio, it's probably even more, way more. And, you know, I love when we come together. I love this type of information. I'm always learning You're. Well advanced more than I am and I'm constantly just trying to just trying to grasp onto some of your information and and apply it Because every time I apply your content and do the work. I get better results. I feel better about my life. I feel more peace and more harmony and You know if I can share that with others to help them get more of that then that's exciting for me. So I appreciate you I know people want more of you they can follow you on social media they can go to the events he will be back on soon so make sure you're here <laughs> for another interview we're going to talk about some more amazing things Dr. Joe thanks so much thanks as always know. for being here brother yeah. appreciate it